Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine, but there are also lots of stories to be excited about, and this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, researchers at Ben-Gurion University in Israel announced that they've developed a robot nose that can detect tiny pieces of plastic in the air. These robot noses could be used outdoors and in people's homes, offices, and schools to give you a big red flag that the air around you contains microplastics so you can take steps to avoid breathing them in. And you'll want to do that because a number of animal studies suggest that these plastic particles can lead to asthma, cancer, and other diseases. The researchers made the so-called noses by heating up carbon and mixing it with electrodes no bigger than a fingernail, which created fields of electricity that attract the pieces of plastic and change in noticeable ways when the pieces flowed over to them. The research was presented at a meeting of the American Chemical Society. It showed the sensors are sensitive enough that they can tell us important information about the size, amount, and type of particles in the air. Although the study focused on three specific types of plastic, the scientists say they can probably adjust the sensors to detect other plastics in the near future. Next up, there's new research this week from the lab of Roland Griffiths, the pioneering psychedelics researcher at Johns Hopkins. His most recent study is a statistical analysis that will help inform research on the benefits of psychedelics for mental health. Griffiths and his colleagues studied people's descriptions of their experiences while taking psychedelic drugs and compared them with descriptions by other people after they had near-death experiences. This was one of the first studies to compare these two types of experiences, and there were strong similarities among the total of over 3,000 people analyzed in how they reported decreases in their fear of death and increases in their overall well-being. The near-death experiencers were more likely to say it was the most meaningful thing that ever happened to them. But the drug takers also rated their experiences as incredibly important. Within the sample of people taking psychedelics, people who took ayahuasca or DMT said the impacts were more intense and more positive compared to people who took psilocybin or LSD. Last week, we talked about good kinds of fat. This week, we'll talk about a study on good inflammation. When the body is injured, immune cells hurry over to make repairs. That's the inflammation that we need. But too much inflammation could be a sign that you're not recovering well. In fact, excess inflammation can itself be a driver for making you sicker and even lead to death. So how do you tell inflammation that's good for recovery from inflammation that keeps you in the hospital and possibly the morgue? Researchers at Harvard Medical School published research this week looking at this question. They studied over 4,500 heart surgeries, like coronary bypass, which involve a lot of bodily damage as doctors tunnel through the tissues to access the heart. After considering dozens of different readouts, the Harvard team found that two trends were very closely linked to the inflammation you want, the type that's good for recovery. First, you want the number of white blood cells to be going down at an exponential rate with greater decreases as time goes on, while the number of platelets in the blood should be increasing at a steady rate. The researchers then studied other types of bodily offenses like limb amputations, C-sections, and COVID-19, and found the exact same pattern with white blood cells and platelets. So even if things look and feel okay after surgery, if these two numbers are out of whack, your doctors will know better. As Jared Diamond observed, things go wrong in lots of ways, but things tend to go right in only one way, or in this case, two ways. The Harvard team is now sharing their findings with clinical doctors, so they'll be able to heed these warnings and step in earlier to try to help. 
Part of why I love making this podcast is that it's a great way to remember the details of new research I find fascinating, which is one reason this next story stood out. Neurologists at the Mayo Clinic have found that when they used a helmet to give electric shocks, people's memories improved. I'll emphasize these were small zaps, so you can't blame me if things don't work out well after sticking your wet finger in a socket. The helmets were lined with electrodes and given to 150 people from ages 65 to 88 who had not been identified as having cognitive problems. 110 of them were zapped for four days in a row for 20 minutes, while the rest just wore a cap without the brain shocks. On a test for recalling words, people who got the zaps were able to remember four to six words more compared to the rest. They could better remember words immediately after seeing them, but also had a better long-term memory for them. The Mayo team said more research is needed before you can go out and buy this helmet. For example, they'll look to see whether the improved memory lasts any longer than one month. And before I start zapping my brain instead of doing this podcast to remember research, they'll need to triple check for me how safe this is. However, the idea is that in the future, people who are starting to have issues with dementia, who currently number 16 million in the U.S. alone, could greatly benefit from these helmets. And if you think the robot apocalypse is inevitable, don't worry, machine intelligence actually has your back. A new study from engineers and medical researchers at Ohio State may have found a much better way to figure out if you've healed up from surgery on your back than just asking, hey, does your back hurt? Which is pretty much how doctors assess you today. The Ohio State team made a wearable device that uses sensors to track how you're moving. This includes range of motion and the speed of your movement. And it turns out that this monitor is a better judge of people's recoveries than their own sense of how much pain they're feeling. The reason is that you don't actually have pain receptors in the discs of your spine. And maybe that's why in the study people said they were feeling better a lot faster at six weeks than they were actually improving based on how they were moving around, which didn't significantly improve until six months. The longer recovery time might seem like bad news, but the researchers point out that the more objective way of measuring your progress will help make sure you don't make your back even worse by hitting the tennis court again too soon. Meanwhile, the military is helping foot the bill for this research, thinking it'll help a group that's known to have bum backs, their Air Force pilots. The researchers are looking to have bigger studies now so that machine learning can even more accurately measure how you're healing up. And an honorable mention for this week's Friday Five, if your parents or grandparents died in their 50s or 60s, you might assume you'll die relatively young too. Maybe you take it as a given that longevity just isn't in your genes. But a study published on Wednesday in the Journal of Aging and Physical Activity might make you think twice about that. Researchers from the University of California, San Diego followed women over age 63, measuring how much physical activity they got for over eight years and found that they were less likely to die during that period if they exercised lightly and got higher intensity workouts, even if their genes weren't great for living longer. The reverse held true as well. People who did have longevity genes but spent more time bonding with their couch were more likely to die over the eight-year period. The researchers point to their study as key evidence that healthy lifestyles can make an important difference in extending all of our spans of health. As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the latest and most important challenges and developments in science, such as this week, a breakthrough drug for schizophrenia, and a podcast on the science of relaxation. Overall, the leaps.org platform looks at trends and innovations through the lens of rational optimism. You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five. And speaking of healthy relaxation, get out there and enjoy these last few days of summer.